0: Dear, as soon as i heard that i was i was uh, i was washing a dish i had my hands in the sink but i heard i heard that word the last word and i would i just went oh so you got fergus and you got me uh we're both very interested in that yeah fergus would be surprised pleased and Irritated, relieved, and probably a couple other feelings he can't name to see reverb. And... He sort of, like, spends much of the beginning of that conversation tamping down that irritation. But as soon as he hears that name, he just goes very still. He's been sort of fidgeting up to this point, but... He stops, and he remembers. He thinks back to a scene from Chicago. It happened right outside League headquarters. I think it was when One-Eye first revealed itself. Because we were, Connecticut and Puppeteer and maybe some other people were just getting back from something, and we were in, like, the parking structure. And One-Eye showed up, and we almost we almost got into a fight then. I remember Puppeteer, like, exerting his powers at the time, to like pick up a car, and he was thinking, Do I swing this car at one eye or at uh, it? Was probably that was probably when it was hidden leaves, actually. But this was when he knew that like people within the league were against him or them. But he remembers you know, straining his power at the time to pick up that car and be like, do I hit them with it? Do I hit a support pillar, try to collapse the structure, and hope for the best? And ultimately, he did neither of those things, and to this day, he's not sure if that was the right move, because one eye got away, and one eye does not get to say how things go. If anyone's going to get to say how things go, it's going to be him i.e. Fergus. So, reverb would probably see him be very still for a creepy amount of time. And then, he just says, where? So, he's gonna, I assume that a a conversation will follow about the details, and, you know, Fergus will ask some questions, (coughs) and, you know, try to avoid the question of what happened to Reverb's arm if he doesn't already know, but try to find out on his own. Um, The important point is, he's going to have to tell his, his burgeoning team that he needs to go do something on his own. And... He doesn't like letting go of them at this point, but he could, he could no more not pursue One-Eye than he could stop using his powers on people for everyday convenience or for survival. He is what he is, and he can't really change that about himself. So I'm assuming that One-Eye is somewhere not close by and that therefore fergus will be going on a long trip so depending on how urgent it is or like how much it would benefit them to move quickly his priorities are one get the rest of the team or get to get to the team either face to face or electronically and tell them he has to go do something really important concerning an old enemy he'll ask that Seven um, and Jaguar work together to put the doctor the, the scientist in touch with 138 and continue the sort of effort that we've been making to win the public over to him or it or them Um, Ultimately, Fergus is sort of freaked out by 138, by the implication of 138's existence, that we're all, like, nano-sized components of a much, much physically bigger universe that is, like, so fucked up to him. Um, Obviously, he hasn't watched Rick and Morty. Uh, So, he really just, like, he doesn't want 138 and the metacops blowing each other up, trying to kill each other, fucking up Stringersburg. He's fond of Stringersburg. He has proprietary feelings toward it. Like, it's, uh, it's not his city, but kind of, he thinks it's going to be. Like, it's not his city yet. But, um, like many other has-been or partially failed heroes, he, he came here to reinvent himself. And he certainly doesn't want some sort of stupid fight messing everything up. That said, you know, all of that is to say he's not necessarily interested in having 108, or sorry, 138 on his team. 138 freaks him out. He's sort of hoping that, and and he doesn't say this to anyone, but his secret hope is that this scientist type will be like, oh yes, I know exactly what to do with this sort of being. He and I will become great partners and do wonderful research in the universe and that sort of thing. But um, he's not opposed to 138 being part of his little group. He just would rather not deal with him and everything that he suggests. Anyway, so if he only has time to make one move, it's to get in touch with Seven and say, you and Jaguar, go find this scientist and and put him in touch with 138. We don't want anybody else getting killed. We don't want any conflict with the MHTF. So there's that if he has more time then he'll meet with them in person and just sort of go over what he's uh, what he what he hopes they can do. He's not gonna give them orders but he's gonna say he, he's basically gonna bring them in on his at least the outer level of his plan which is like you know, we set up in this neighborhood, we, we get everything under control here, and from there we start to expand outward. You know, when we meet other metas, we ask them if they want to come on board with us, we check them out, we see what they're up to, if they're the kind of people that we want on board with us, blah, 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 blah. So he's talking about slowly becoming the thing that the Sept should have been. And if, uh, if Spitter seems leery about this for whatever reason, he's going to try and find out what that reason is. Because um, he wants the kid on board. He doesn't want anything to happen to him. He is a little uh, impatient with him. Because... Partly he's just like, ah, you're a fucking dumb kid, you don't know anything, just listen to me. I've been in this business and I'm smarter than you and all that sort of thing. But he doesn't say any of that stuff. He might even try not to imply it to him. If Spitter shows too much reluctance to go along with this, then he'll say like, well, you know, here's the thing. You can can go your own way, but... You know, like, if you're opposed to what we're trying to do here, you can go your own way, but I'm going to have to ask you to not talk about me to people because if people know about me and us and what we're up to, then we won't be as effective. You know, we're trying to, like, do something not exactly by stealth, but we're trying to operate under the radar. Um... And then it's just a matter of, like, finding out more exactly from reverb where they're going to go and, like, packing some supplies, and that's it.
1: You give a long pause and answer where and reverb motions for you to to walk closer towards him. And when you get close, he, he starts to walk down out towards the... And he says, "Let's go, let's go get a cup of coffee, man. Um, let's catch up a little." And you you look at his arm, and uh, the Puppeteer would remember that Reverb actually got out of the game when his arm when he lost it. He was in a fight with a villain. And it got damaged and had to be amputated, and you actually lost uh, some respect for him out of this um, because it didn't affect his powers in any way. It was, but he just lost his his stuff that he'd always had. You know, his he always had this air of almost invincibility about him, even though he didn't have any, you know. Of, uh, invincible powers or anything he wasn't super tough he just you know can manipulate sound in all these crazy interesting ways you know flying and using it as a weapon and uh, disorientating foes he's always very very clever in his uh, power usage and even though uh, personality wise he, he kind of got on your nerves because he was very uh, brash and outlandish you learn to respect him because a lot of it you found out was for show and he was actually a, a decent guy so h- however you you may feel about him now um, I'll leave that uh, to you but as you, you're walking and everything he kind of sees you glance at it and he's like well I may be out of the game but I'm not Completely out of practice, so you don't have to worry. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been doing something different. I've been actually uh, doing. Um, I'm part of a metahuman uh, rescue task force. Now we we go to natural disasters, and you know, with my powers, it's it's actually kind of. You know, really helpful. Uh, I can, you know, echolocate people trapped in buildings and landslides and avalanches. And um, I've, you know, really learned to uh, be really precise with it, so I can hit the harmonics of, of different materials and just shatter them without any uh, adverse effects to anything around it. You know, so uh, you know, don't worry. I've, I might have been out of combat, but you know, I've been brushing up. So, uh, and, and you kind of start to wonder, like, it, it, now that the initial shock has worn off, like, how did he find you? I mean, there was the, the, the local news broadcast, but, like, how did he have specifics? And, he, he, you know, you bring that up to him, he, he kind of looks at you sheepish, sheepishly, if I could talk. And he says, "Man, I'm. I never really, I never really lost tabs on you. I, I kind of, I, you know, I didn't know exactly where you were at these past five years, but I knew in general where you were." He says, I'm, i may have gotten out of the game, but I don't know. I was kind of worried about you. Uh, Connecticut left, and and everything. And not that I think you were going to go bad or anything, man. I just." You know, um, I just wanted to be there if, if you really, really needed a hand. And, you know, so I kind of knew in general where you were. And I called in some favors to get your uh, precise location. You know, nothing. Don't worry. Everybody was is cool. So you don't have to worry um, about anything, really. Uh, yeah about that time you you guys get to uh, a cafe right as the conversation kind of starts to get a little strained and you you might be hesitant to to talk in public he's just like come on come on I've got the I've got the sound situation covered so we're good man and he almost you know pulls you into it and As soon as the coffee's poured, and uh, he says, "Okay," so he's in a small island in the south, in the southern Atlantic. We're gonna meet in two days uh, in an abandoned military airfield just south of Chicago, and One Eye has pissed everyone off. I mean, we've got big players. We've got street level guys come in. There's governments and private citizens that are helping with this and the general plan you, you know when you get there everybody's going to get more specifics uh, everybody's going to be divvied up and whatnot um but don't worry man you're you're going to get in on it i'm i'm one of the kind of the the head guy i got in on the ground level of this uh, you know i've kept tabs on all of our teammates former teammates but I was also tied in pretty heavy with this this is the general idea is oh, we've got a bunch of uh, hackers government agencies from all around the world um, like I said private citizens and they are going to start hemming him in digitally and this, this stronghold this island base <laughs> He starts laughing. He's like, man, this is, just, it's like some bad villain from the 60s serial TV shows. Uh, with their super bass and everything. But, I mean, that's what this is. It's, it's crazy. But they're going to him him in digitally to where he's stuck on this island. And then we're coming in in force. And we're just we're gonna wipe him out I mean that's it they've they finally found an algorithm that can contain him so this is the best only shot we've got and when I say big players like (laughs) we're short star shatter who out of game is like the big he's the superman of of this world it's like that's like the only guy we're missing who we've got teammates we've got people that have worked with him coming and helping on this it's like I uh, and i've tried to contact Connecticut. Uh, her and her team are in they said that they would they would meet us there uh, Lustra is out of contact inner peace. I got in contact with him but you never you never know with him so uh, yeah man I'm uh, I'd love to catch up i've I've got a couple other people I've got to go meet and um, I'm sure you've got some some things you need to straighten out and so he he lays some money down on on a table and he gets up and he stops right by your side and he kind of he reaches out and squeezes your shoulder which almost feels awkward but it almost doesn't he's just like it's it's real good to see you and i mean that and he he walks out and you notice when he's walking that the, the his footsteps don't make any sound, and the the little bell on the the door of the cafe doesn't jingle either when he opens and closes the door. So you've got time to go and gather your team together. Uh, you, you get all get all the gear that you need, anything that you want to bring. And it's it's late at night. Um, you know, you've you've appropriated a, a cell phone as per usual, and um, the only person that had left was Matt Spitter, and he actually shows up after after you do, and he he looks uh, he looks pretty bleary eyed, and Jaguar's he's drinking a big old mug of coffee, and he's you know he his eyes are half lidded, and you can tell just he's. He hasn't gotten any, any sleep. Maybe he got a couple hours before or after you left. Um, but you kind of, you you lay out. You you know you tell your group that you just have to go take care of something. And Jaguar doesn't look terribly happy. Neither does Spitter. But Seven kind of looks at you and and nods. And and their their dual voice they say. We all have things in our lives that we have to manage and take care of. And it seems like this is something, something that's weighing on you a lot. So just hurry back when you can. You know, they, they, Seven doesn't ask any questions. You know, Spitter is kind of like me. What's what's still what's going on? Who why why do you gotta leave? What's this? We can come. We can help. And you know you verbal uh, kung fu him. Uh, he, he, you know he's more confused than than anything, but he, he's he stops asking questions. But you assign Seven and Jaguar to go get in contact with. The scientist to, to help 138 and you know you stress real hard that you don't want any conflict with the MHTF and you also lay out your plan for gaining control of the neighborhood and expanding and adding members after they've been screened and, and, and vetted for lack of a better term and you know, you, you keep glancing at, at Spitter to make sure he he's down with this idea. Because you know Seven pretty well, and you know Jaguar well enough that he follows orders. As long as he... As long as he gets to fulfill his need for violence periodically, he seems to be down for you know, whatever instructions he's given. And, um, even though he is a a meathead, he, you know, he's not completely unintelligent. Um, he knows for the most part when to act and when to not. Although his instincts get the better of him sometimes, his, his instincts to fight. But, um, spitters down, and you know, for this plan it's taking the seps place. But he just, he doesn't quite understand why you have to be so quiet about it. He's like, man, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, let's let's do it. Let's get the public's eye. Let's, you know, Pops, c- come on, man. I mean, we know what's up. You know, the seps crooked. Uh, we, we gotta step up and take their place. You know, you assure him that's that, that that's the plan but you know that you need to do it quietly and build up your your forces and, and uh, your supplies and the sept has a lot of pool, so you have to do this intelligently you can't make a lot of noise about it so um, just give me a quick uh, rundown if you want to do anything um, the trip will probably take you, it won't take you that long. It'll probably take you five hours, give or take, uh, to get to the the, the airfield. Um, yeah, so like I said, give me a rundown if there's anything else that you want to do. Uh, you've got, you know, if you don't sleep, you've got roughly a day and a half, although you're you're pumped. Your your adrenaline's um, finally just worn off, and you're you're starting to feel it. So um, you may want to crash, or you could just push through. But you know you're going to have quite the quite the day.